there's a thrill in being able to punch through, know that you're able to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about how to drive thought leadership through content creation and marketing, how that impacts sales, how people need to do it to be effective today. And to help us with that, we have Jennifer Sparks, Director of Marketing and Communications for ClearWave, a company focused on transforming the patient access and healthcare with self-service registration and insurance eligibility solutions. Jennifer, thank you for taking the time and welcome to the show. Thank you, Chad. So let's start with the easy stuff. How about for our audience, an overview of ClearWave and your role there? Well, as you said, I oversee marketing and communications for ClearWave Corporation. And at ClearWave, we are a national company headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia. We operate in 44 states. But ClearWave is really transforming healthcare to better serve the needs of patients. And and by that, I mean we offer self-service registration solutions via kiosk, or desktop or your mobile phone that allow patients to check in for appointments or they can pay for their appointments, verify their insurance eligibility all automatically. We work with hospitals and health systems, physician practices, and specialty practices. So we plug into over 900 insurance companies across the country, and we're currently integrated with over 40 practice management systems. And so for those of you not in healthcare, the practice management systems are the companies that manage the patient's electronic health records. So all of this happens automatically when somebody has this, when a a healthcare provider has ClearWave, they are able to have that appointment automatically created and the information is automatically updated if there's any change in their insurance and that gets flagged and when the person is making the appointment, suddenly it becomes apparent to who is ever making the appointment, whether it's the patient themselves or the the, uh, receptionist at at the provider is able to flag that change in the insurance and ask them have they had a change in insurance and they can immediately update the information. But that also gets updated automatically when they go in to check in for their appointment. They can scan their insurance card or their and their driver's license and then automatically that information again gets updated if there's any changes. And this is really, really important because as you know, people can't get the services they need if their insurance is rejected. Um, and so this is a very important part of the puzzle. And it's something that we feel really, really good about that we're able to keep the providers and the insurance companies and the patients seamlessly connected. Well, and it's, I mean, it removes the friction from the patient care process. You don't have to worry about it when you get there. You just go in, focus on getting better, focus on interacting with the doctor. All of that friction, you know, of filling out the forms and, hey, wait, this insurance isn't taken here. It removes that. So it really allows true focus on patient-doctor interaction and the quality of care. That's, That's correct. That's correct. Perfect. So now in this amazing landscape of healthcare, which is, you know, changing all of the time, I'm kind of curious what makes you passionate about marketing, not only in the healthcare chaotic landscape, but let's be honest, marketing today is fairly chaotic. I would love to hear kind of what makes you passionate about it and and what gets you up every morning to come in and continue to fight the good fight. 
you know, the first reason is going to be a tag over from my first answer is that I'm particularly passionate about marketing ClearWave, and that's because I know we're making a huge difference in people's lives. So average check-ins across the country, regardless of specialty, are taking about 19 minutes. And if you're in an orthopedic clinic or an emergency room, it can take a heck of a lot longer. But with ClearWave, an average check-in is taking about three minutes um, at the kiosk, and our mobile solution check-ins are averaging under two minutes. So that's a massive time savings. And, and so we feel like that's something to be very excited about. Additionally, our clients are seeing on average, that so we're talking now about the, the hospitals and the health systems are seeing on average an increase of anywhere from 50 to 150% in point of service collections. So that's pretty huge, you know, in terms of return on investment of feeling really good about what your the specific product that you're offering to your clients. So we know we're making a huge difference in the lives of our patients. We know we're in terms of their health care. We know we're making a huge difference in the lives of our providers because we know that they need to be able to get the collections covered because when people don't pay, you know, it's a problem for the doctors. Um, so it's very easy to get excited about sharing that kind of success. But in terms of your second part B of your question about why am I passionate about marketing in general, I'm pretty passionate about it because it's actually, for me, there's a kind of a thrill in the competition. You know, there's a thrill in being able to punch through, know that you're able to differentiate yourself in the marketplace and know that you're, you're reaching your intended target demographic. I guess I have a kind of a competitive spirit, so it's fun. <laughs> That's excellent. And as we were prepping for this, we focused on, we, we talked a little bit about the importance of video. And so it, when we look at marketing day, we know video is showing up everywhere. Some of them good, some of them not so good. But I'd like to understand how you're using video in your marketing strategy, both to create brand awareness, but also to, to drive that you know, customer engagement. Where did that, that focus on video come from and how has it been effective for you guys? Well, you're right. Video is a huge part of what we do. And, you know, I say it with some sadness because I'm an avid reader, but <laughs> frankly, I actually don't, I don't believe people read much anymore. And so the old saying, a picture is worth a thousand words is still very true. So, so video really solves a lot of problems because what I've discovered is that in a one to two minute video, three minutes tops, you can share the salient points that it would take you two to three pages of a case study to accomplish and, you know, often even times an even longer white paper. So this is why we launched our vlog series, The Solutions Guy. And each week, our chief operating officer, Eric Anderson, covers a different healthcare topic and addresses how ClearWave is helping solve a healthcare problem. And to be, you know, frank with you, it, it has been just a wonderful journey that I have gone on with our chief operating officer. So far, we launched this back in June, and it's we've just had a ball with it. And I guess, you know, you, you've probably taken a look at a few of them yourself. So you tell me, how are we doing? I think they're I think they're great. And actually, you know what it brings up? I think anybody, healthcare or not, I think anybody should check out that that vlog. I really think it is done well. And I was actually just having a conversation yesterday with someone on, for another interview on the podcast. And we were talking about production overhead of, of video and asset creation today, right? And and it doesn't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it looks, I mean, it looks amazing, sounds great. It's short, succinct, to the point, and impactful. But once you get into the rhythm of creating that content, it, there isn't too much overhead uh, to no. do well. Am I wrong about that? 
No, you are you are one hundred percent correct. We do this very economically, um, <laughs> and you know, from my perspective, I have to reveal my hand here. I couldn't do this without Paige Taylor, who is my partner in crime. She's our graphic designer, and she is um, the editor that works on these with me. I write the scripts, I shoot them, and then she does. You know, we sit down and we I, we talk about what it's going to what the finished product's going to be like. And so we, we do it together. And so it's post-edited as a joint product behind her genius. And uh, and then obviously, big hat off to, and a big shout out to our chief operating officer, Eric Anderson, who's just frankly made for TV, you know, <laughs> really, really, wow. really good. Um, so he makes it very easy. So, you know, I write the script, I shoot it over to Eric, Eric can take a look at it. But even before the script gets written, there's a lot of give and take with our executive team and our sales team. But I'll talk more about that in a little later. I do think that my theater, film, and television documentary and news background is important because I look at every video we create as a storytelling opportunity. So we're always telling a story about ClearWave and whether we're sharing a story about the results that we get or the importance of mobile as a patient access solution or why a purchase of ClearWave requires sophisticated change management as much as tech savvy. At the end of the day, we have to have a clear beginning, middle, and end. And we need to know what is the the call to action for the viewer. And it's really that simple. So, you know, the data is very important because we do have a lot of amazing data to share. And I believe the data for any marketers listening to this, you know, that that data is your credibility. Without that data, I mean, you're just, it's just words. So, um, so the, this is a business after all. Bottom lines are very important. So anytime I can punch some statistics, I'm always going to do that. Well, and there, but you know, as you said when we were prepping, there's a fine line between too much data, which which can build credibility, but also has the potential of maybe boring people or turning them off, and that narrative. And I'm glad you mentioned it because I was gonna I was gonna go there. You do have a background in filmmaking, and and you have an MFA. And for anybody who's not creative, I actually I was an English major in my undergrad. I understand what that means to great extent, uh, and. I'm, Sad that I never got one, but we won't turn this into a therapy session about me. Um, but you have you have an amazing background to do this, and the ability that you guys have executed in terms of taking narrative and data and putting it together in a compelling manner. I think other people can really learn from that because I see too many videos that are, you know, don't even talk about video quality. Let's just talk about the narrative itself. You you lose me in thirty seconds. Yeah, you know, and again, it it really comes down to always being really clear about what's the story we're telling and coming again, as I said, from a little, you know, having had that, I worked for a while for NBC affiliate in New Mexico. So I I do understand, you know, when you have a limited amount of time, you really got to get to the point. At the same time, I always think of it in my mind as like a series of, of postcards. And if I was going to have to tell a story with postcards and I would have to grab, you know, maybe five postcards to tell my story, what would the picture be on the postcard and what would be the words on the back of the postcard to tell my story? And that's kind of how I explain it to people when I'm thinking about how I'm, um, and it's, you know, it's like storyboards, right? So I'm just thinking about what's first, what's middle, what's next, what's next, what's next. And I try to, I try to organize it along those lines so that it's really a story. 
that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Perfect. So video becomes one of the primary content um, creation activities. I'm curious, when you think about or define kind of the channels that you're going out with your marketing efforts, say thought leadership versus customer engagement, do you think about them both simultaneously as you create those videos? Or do you instead think about, I need the best story I can get and here's how I'm going to leverage it in each of those channels? I wish I could say I was that sophisticated. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I could, I mean, the reality is I write our thought leadership uh, pieces. I draft all our press releases. I definitely work with our sales team and our executive team coming up with topics. Um, We also have an agency that assists us with lead nurture and lead gen. But when it comes down to the actual sort of, Picking up topics and, and doing the, the scripts themselves, I try to keep it balanced between, uh, you know, if we've done topics that for a couple that I, if I feel like we've done too many in a row that are very customer oriented, then I'll, I'll try to do one that's a little bit more broader about thought leadership within the industry. But it's a lot more art than science. I think. Well, I love it. I love it because, you know, I have a lot of people that be like, oh, well, I do this and I do this and I do this. And then it's like, well, tell me how effective it was. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm a firm believer that the art and science, the blend of art and science is, is where the power, where the magic happens, right? And so I'm, I'm glad yeah. to hear you say that. And so... Yeah, and I, 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 and one more thing I want to add on that, though, is that, you know, we, we frequently have guests from various departments within ClearWave that Eric will want to, you know, make sure that we're sharing the different aspects of what we do here at ClearWave and the incredible team that we have. Because, you know, obviously we're all biased, but, but we really are proud to share the fantastic culture that we have here at ClearWave. And we really care about our customers. And, and so, again, you know, I think it comes through. I think as you meet these different team members, um, you see the diversity of our team here at ClearWave. And, um, and you see the, the, we have a very good, well-developed sense of humor here at ClearWave. And I think that comes, <laughs> I think that comes through as well. So, you know, we try to balance what we're doing in terms of our company objectives, our sales objectives. But I also think we also really try to make sure that our brand comes across as young, as intelligent, and as having a a good sense of humor uh, about who we are. And I think that comes across in the videos. It's something we certainly strive for. Well, and humor is such an incredibly important part of reaching out, connecting to other human beings. So it is effectively done. For And again, I guys, audience listening, go check them out. They're amazing examples of, of what's possible. But you mentioned something I want to dig into a little bit deeper, working with the sales team. So I'm curious with the thought leadership and the videos and the content creation and that strategy, how do you ensure alignment with the sales process to provide you know the right content at the right time to move people through the funnel? Well, it's interesting um, that you asked that because I'm aware that it's pretty well known that often sales and marketing aren't as aligned as people no, are like. You're not. You're uh, I know. Shocker. <laughs> shocker. But, um, but actually, we are. And I think the reason that we are is obviously I work very, very closely with our chief revenue officer, Sean Priest, who is amazing, truly amazing, amazing individual. You've never met a more positive and encouraging human being on the planet and just an all-around incredible leader than Sean Priest. So 
it sounds corny, but Sean just is very aware of what is happening. And we have obviously, like many other organizations, sales meetings. And, you know, I try to pay close attention to what I'm seeing trending from the data that I'm seeing and what's happening. So just to give you an example, if I see a whole bunch of a certain specialty area in the funnel, right, you know, then I'm going to put my uh, that particular hat on and think about what can I do from a video perspective to support what I'm hearing is needed. So I pay attention, but I also have a great partner who says, can you do one about such and such? You know, so we work closely and I guarantee you the topics are not haphazardly chosen. So um, I won't reveal any trade secrets, but I, I will tell you that there's plenty of rationale behind each and every solutions guy topic that's chosen of why it's being chosen and what it relates to in terms of deals. You hit on a really important point, that collaboration, right? You know, I I don't want to give away my age, but let's just say if I had it, it would be blonde. Um, and, and so, you know, I grew up, I, I started my career in marketing and then moved into sales. And, and for a long time, there was, there was that cliched, stereotypical friction between sales and marketing. But today at the speed that we move and how much data is accessible for people, without that collaboration, I think organizations miss the mark. And so I think you guys having the ability to partner that way uh, is extremely powerful, not only for where you are today, but where ClearWave will go in the future. Well, I 100% agree. And, you know, um, Sean and I joined the organization at the exact same time. So basically, we we both became full-time employees at ClearWave right at the beginning of June. And, you know, I'm proud to tell you that we've added 20 new logos since the 28th of June. So, you know, we got to be doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. So help us understand how those teams are structured. Is there, you know, how many on the marketing team? What's a sales org look like at the partnership at the executive level is critical, but then there's, you know, there's also the the field and the execution. So how do you guys structure those to make sure they're, they align well and play well in the sandbox together? Well, first of all, we have a, a very, very talented sales team and it's a hybrid of territories and specialty areas. We're still pretty nimble. We're a pretty scrappy startup. You know, I think we were, while I say that, you know, we have some specialty area folks, we also, you know, people will jump in as needed. So the architect of all that is our chief revenue officer, Sean Priest. You know, he decides how the sales territories are allotted and, and so forth. So that's really his domain. And I don't get involved in that. <laughs> I, I, I just, have, you know, basically bow to the master. But um, but our marketing department, I can tell you, is pretty small. And, you know, we have a very talented graphic designer slash film editor that I already mentioned, Paige Taylor, that I work with. And uh, we also have a wonderful coordinator, Brianna Stringer, as well as our brand new UGA grad interning with us, Megan Shaw. So we have, uh, it's, it's really just us. And, uh, that, you know, that's how we're structured. And so we're, we're really proud of uh, the work that we're able to do with our team. Small but mighty. Small but mighty. You're getting a lot done with a very small crew. And so it should be it should be recognized and applauded. I'm curious, as the director, how is the organization measuring you for success? What are the metrics that you're you're targeting towards? Metrics. Yes. We <laughs> live by numbers. We look at we look at qualified leads, we look at share of voice, we look at domain authority, and of course we look at conversions and closed sales. 
So at the end of the day, are sales up or are they down? Did we hit our sales targets? Did we exceed them? Marketing can't really take all the credit or all of the blame, but we are absolutely part of the tale of the sale and what I affectionately refer to as the tale of the fail, right? I mean, so we can't, we cannot ignore if we're not giving the salespeople the materials they need. And of course, now that, you know, we've, we're finding people are entering the funnel a little bit more educated than they were, right? So mm-hmm. we need to be really, really good about making sure that we're providing the in-depth materials to answer more specific questions and queries that are going to come up. Because these people are not, it's not just, oh, you know, vague awareness. When they come to us, they got, they've already done their research. So we've got to be ready to anticipate the tough questions. We've got to be ready to have the data, provide the case studies, have many case studies, you know, make sure your case studies are not, you know, three years old, four years old, you know, be, be up to <laughs> be really timely and do the work because it's just not fair to that salesperson, right? Who's sitting there and the person says, well, this is great, but this is four years old. What's going on now? You know, right. so we need to be, we need to, we need to be able to, to, um, to provide them what they need. Okay. Excellent. So to make sure you're, you know, generating those MQLs and getting that share of voice and conversions, you guys really have to ensure that you've got solutions to, you know, being timely and and making sure that you're prepared to answer any question that comes through the door. That's the beauty of the well-informed buyer these days. You really never know what's going to come next. And so I'm curious, how, how are you guys handling that? When you look at optimal solution or structure of the team or ways that you do that to be timely and prepared and answer the tough questions, what, what's, you know, what's that solution set look like on your end? Well, I think like every marketer out there, we're struggling with ensuring that we're reaching our target audience. In a very crowded marketplace, we know we have to be creative to stand out. So you've, we've already talked a lot about video. Uh, we believe that we stand out with our video. And so we use it a lot. We know that email is a fact of life, but we also know that, uh, you know, a whale of a lot of email will never be open. So to reach the decision makers, we know we have to use a multi-pronged approach that includes paid, earned, social, and owned, you know, and it's, it, it sounds so easy when you just rattle it off, paid, Doesn't earned, it? social, owned, but, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, but then actually living it out and making sure that those columns are aligned and that you're really doing what you need to do for each one of your verticals. If you have a complex business model like we do, or we're doing more than one thing, kind of making sure that you are appropriately allotting enough energy to each product that you offer. And at the same time, using a variety of platforms, not letting one thing dominate. I think it's really important that integrated marketing plans are very, very important. And I just can't say that enough. And if you, you know, if you look about what you're doing and you notice you've been doing sort of one thing heavily and you're not getting the results that you want, then, you know, that's really a good moment to say, well, maybe I ought to be doing something different, you know, and I I really, I, I just switch it up. I switch it up frequently. Maybe, maybe it's ADHD. I don't know, but you know, you just have to switch it up. You have to. 
Well, change is the name of the game, right? If you, you know, people's attention spans are getting so short these days. If you don't pay attention to, to what's resonating and what's not, or what people are talking about or questions that they're asking or, or things like that, if you're not in a position to be, I call it flexible, but <laughs> consistently comfortable with change, not sure marketing or even sales these days is a job where you're going to want to be sitting too long, right? It's just the nature of the beast. Well, and, I, and I, I would add that, you know, we pay very, very close attention to data. The solutions are really in plain sight, but you have to be diligent about looking at the data and make data-driven decisions. And especially when you're a smaller company like we are, I mean, you just can't afford to do everything you want to do. Right. So, you know, I, I get the lecture probably more than I... <laughs> <laughs> more than I should because it would probably behoove me to just stop asking for stuff. But, um, you know, um, we can't buy all the candy that we want, you know, but I, you know, I keep asking anyway, but you get the point. You, you gotta be, you've got to think carefully about how you're going to um, apply the limited resources and do it smartly. And the data will tell you, the data will tell you what's working. Without a doubt. All right. So let's change direction a little bit here. I ask all of our guests kind of two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply as a director of marketing communication, that makes you a revenue executive, which means you're also a prospect for sales professionals. So I'm always curious to hear if you don't have a relationship with somebody, if, if there's not a referral in, what is it when somebody approaches you that captures your interest, builds credibility and inspires you to spend 15 minutes with them when you don't know who they are? That's pretty easy. You know, I prefer a no-nonsense approach, you know, cut to the chase. Let me know what you can offer me and at what price. It's just not very helpful for me when somebody wants to ask me if, you know, let's say the meeting happens on a Friday, you know, it's a pet peeve of mine. Just don't ask me, did I do, you know, am I doing something fun over the weekend? (laughs) None of your business. (laughs) What I'm doing over the weekend, you know? We haven't gotten to that point in this relationship yet. (laughs) You know, I mean, I just can't stand it when you have these people that are like, let me build a relationship with you. I'm like, don't build a relationship with me. Just tell me what it is you're trying to offer me. And I'll let you know if it's something I need. Um, So, you know, I mean, you ask. Well, I mean, that's fair. No, that's fair. And I think it's great, right? And I've experienced the same thing. I won't name the company, but I've got a rep who is... I want to say hounding me. And every time he leaves me a voicemail or sends me an email or accidentally catches me, because I do say accidentally, I haven't put his contact in my phone. So I still do answer the phone. It's always about something else. It's always about, hey, I just got back from the shore this weekend. Well, good for you. I was raking me. Right. Like, come on. Like, what do you, what is it you want? Like, and I think that's important. It's very important for people to understand the beginning of any business interaction that candor and straight to the point is respectful. It is respectful of where you are in terms of quote unquote relationship with that individual. You haven't earned the right to ask those other questions yet. And it comes across feeling a little like, do you really give a crap what I'm doing this weekend? Like you really don't. And I know you don't. So don't ask. Sorry, that's a bum for me too. So I just kind of got up on the soapbox there. Sorry about that. <laughs> so no, I'm I'm no, I'm glad we're all, we're all we're all in agreement. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So, all right. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. There's one thing you could tell marketing individuals, one piece of advice that if they listened, you believe would help them crush their targets. What would it be and why? Well, on a marketing podcast, what I'm about to say is probably sacrilege, but I am a huge believer in PR. We can run ads and create compelling content all day long. But remember the second part of my title, it's marketing and communications. So in the long run, I believe 
that it's not what we say about ourselves, but it's what others say about us that really matters. So I think when our clients put out press releases or speak at national conferences, sharing their success with ClearWave, that is the best advertising possible. So that's my final word here is always go back to your customers. They will be the, the best possible advertiser for you. Perfect. Perfect. Jennifer, if the listeners are interested in talking more about things we touched on today or learning more about ClearWave, what's the best place for them to go next? I suggest that they email me, jsparks at clearwaveinc.com. That would be just fine. Or they can call my desk, 770-771-5348. Okay, guys. She gave you the number, but be really to the point. Like she just gave it to you right there. Don't call her and ask her how her weekend's going to be. Call her and tell her what tell her what it is you can offer her in exchange for her insight and expertise. Jeffrey, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks, Chad. It's been my pleasure to speak with you today. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. Check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, family, coworkers. Please write us a review on iTunes if you like what you're hearing. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.